the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Thanks for listening. Thank you so, so much. We enjoy doing this. And we are currently talking about what's in your pulpit or who's in your pulpit, better yet. That's from like that. What's in your wallet, you know? And so uh, we've been talking about sin and we just drifted over here just naturally. You know, you talk about sin and then, well, let's look at the pulpit. So that's where God held the Jewish people accountable. Their shepherds, they were the ones that were scattering the sheep, and they were scattering the sheep, uh, and actually God had a hand in that at times. But God uh, criticized and judged the shepherds because they were scattering the sheep because they were not teaching them the word of God. They were not teaching them the commandments and the statutes of God. And he said, you're the one. You're not feeding them. They're leaving. They're not leaving because of me. They're leaving because of you. You are chasing them away. So I think it's time to look closely, not just at the person that's standing in your pulpit and preaching to you, but we've got to discern the spirit and what's being said. Where are these doctrines coming from? Are they biblical? You know, the Bible alone, the Word of God, it's pure, it's perfect, it's clean, and it's pristine, it's alive, and it's powerful, it's fresh. That's the gospel. But then man gets a hold of it, and all weird things start taking place with it. And that's where we start fighting with one another. You know, divide and conquer. If you were to fight a war and you had to fight it, you would try to break down the enemy. You would divide him and try to weaken him as a whole. And you would attack different parts of his force. And it's called divide and conquer. It's a well-known tactic in military terms. And so, you know, the church is supposed to be unified. And the Bible says, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And so one of Satan's tactics is to get false doctrines in the church, to get us believing different things. And that's where religion comes from, man entering into Christianity. And you've got Catholics fighting with Baptists, disagreeing with Pentecost. Nobody agrees with the Church of Christ. And we're all over here stumbling, going our own ways. And truth is, till we all come to the unity of our doctrine? No. Till we all come to the unity of religion? No. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the faith, the Christian creed, the totality of the doctrines of the Bible. And so if we would do that, if we would leave our opinions out of the pulpit and we would just preach the word of God, then we'd be able to get back on track. We'd be in harmony. We'd be in unity. The Bible says how good it is, Psalm 133, how good it is for the brethren 
women too, for the brethren to dwell together, to live together in harmony, in unity. There's a special flow there. It's where the anointing of God can move. And at the end in verse 3, it talks about the fact it's there where in the place of unity where the Lord commands the blessing, what blessing? The blessing of life forevermore. And we should be endeavoring to get back in there. The way we do get back in that place of unity is to leave man out of the doctrines of God. Let the word speak for itself. You've got the Holy Spirit of God inside you. You know, I read Louis L'Amour books. He was a Western writer. He died 10, 15 years ago. Nice, clean Westerns. He probably wrote a hundred of them. I got them all. I read them all several times. And it was neat because he would, in his books, he would say, okay, when I'm telling you that there was this spring at this place in Colorado on this mountain range, he goes, it was there. He goes, I actually went there and I visited that spring. When I told you there was an outcropping of rock in the middle of this forest over here in Utah, he goes, it was there because I went there. And so it was great. We had the author of the book explaining in detail his personal experiences about writing the book. Well, it's the same way in Christianity, friends. We've got the author of the book, the Holy Spirit of God, living inside us. And his job is to give reality to the Word of God. His job is to speak the things that he has seen. And we've got that author right inside us. And if we would just bend our will to his, if we would quit trying to show how much we know, if we would leave pride behind, humble ourselves, God would be able to speak to us and through us, and we'd be doing a whole lot better job than we're doing today. So I'm talking to you, who's in your pulpit, and I'm going to Second Timothy 3.13. I've read this verse many times. I may have even spoken to you, but I don't think I've ever taught on it. Second Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The message translation reads it like this. You've been a good apprentice to me, Timothy, a part of my teaching, my manner of life, direction, faith, steadiness, love, patience, trouble, sufferings, suffering along with me in all the grief I had to put up with in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. And you also well know that God rescued me. Anyone who wants to live out all for Christ is in for a lot of trouble. There's no getting around it. Unscrupulous con men will continue to exploit the faith. They're as deceived as the people they lead astray. As long as they're out there, things will only get worse. So evil men and seducers, a better word for that, the Amplified calls it imposters, and so do most other translations. So evil men and imposters shall get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They are not only deceiving you, but they are deceived themselves, which brings us back to the point that your pastor is deceived. Guess what? You too will be deceived. And that's why it's important that you read the Bible on your own for yourself. You must know the word of God. That's really the only way you're going to get to know God and the way that God and Jesus get to become intimate with you. You know, they know us. They made us. They created us. They know how we're formed. He knew us in the womb. He knows our parts. He knows our thoughts. He knows what we're going to do. He knows why we do it. He knows whether we'll repent or not. He knows the beginning from the end. But when you are in the Word of God, when you are learning the Word of God, when you are obeying the Word of God, that takes on, that intimacy takes on a new meaning. 
You are building a relationship with him. You are using the principles that are found in the Bible. I heard somebody say yesterday, you know, there's this controversy going on. One of the faith preachers, Creflo Dollar, he renounced his doctrine on tithing and he says, nah, now I'm learning about grace and it's giving under grace, which is a different aspect. Now, he finally got to the right place. Tithing is Old Testament. Grace is how we live today. Truth is, God owns it all. Don't get stuck on the numbers. Hallelujah. Just have a generous heart in your giving. But he was talking about that, and somebody made a point in defense. Well, you know, I'm still going to tithe. Why? Because tithing is working for me. Well, that's rather short-sighted, you know. I mean, tithing, that's nice that it's working for you, but that's the byproduct, perhaps, of a giving heart. Your tithe belongs to the church. It belongs for the purpose of keeping the church healthy, that there would be meat in my house, so that if someone in the congregation needs medical bills paid, they help out. If they need gas money, bread money, it belongs in the church for the ministry of the church to the poor. And we need to remember that. And the point I'm trying to make here is that the whole idea of Scripture is to get you to know God better, to allow Him to know you better. It's putting you in different circumstances. That's why suffering is so important. You, God gets to see your faith in action. And we're all going to go through it. All who live godly will suffer persecution. Okay, I've drifted. Well, anyway, the message talked about that. These false imposters, they are deceived as the people that they lead astray. As long as they are out there, things are only going to get worse. And that is true. Yes, things have gotten worse. I believe last week I told you that Christianity is down. It's down in America nearly 12% in the last 10 years. And that's a serious loss. It means we're not only not winning souls to keep up with those who are falling away, but it means we are losing many of those we have won in the past. That's why we do our ministry. That's why we do our teaching. You know, we've had discussions round and round with friends about once saved, always saved. And, you know, the kicker for me is always, if you couldn't lose your salvation, then why did God bother putting all these warnings in the book? I don't have to warn you when I told you this before. You're not going to go out. I don't have to warn you about elephants falling from the sky. They're not going to fall from the sky. Well, do you think God would waste time giving us warnings about things that couldn't happen? No. You're allowed to use your common sense, brothers and sisters. You're allowed to think for yourself. Critical thinking. Man, it's missing in America today. Hallelujah. But it means we're not only not winning the souls to keep up with those who are falling away, but it means we are losing many of those we've won in the past. Sure, the apostasy is here, and that plays the major role in the demise of Christianity America. There are many faces to the apostasy, and today we're going to talk about just the one, the imposter. The imposter in the apostasy. Hallelujah. There's spiritual drift. There's false teaching, carnality, compromise, cowardice, fearing man rather than fearing God. There's a long list of why people are leaving the faith. It could be the witness that the church has presented, and we're not doing a good job. But today I want to focus on just one aspect of the apostasy, and that's the imposters who are in our pulpits. The Amplified reads that scripture, what scripture on 2 Timothy 3.13, but wicked men, wicked men and imposters. See, I thought this verse was just talking about people out in the world. I didn't realize they were talking about people in the church. And when it talks about imposters, wicked men and imposters, there are imposters. The word pose is from imposter, posing. They are posing as godly men, righteous men in our pulpits. And it says they're going to go from bad to worse. It's going to get worse, folks. Don't fall for these people that are telling you things are going to get better. 
we've had to just eliminate a long list of prophetic voices that we would check things out against to see how they're doing because they're all out there prophesying the return of Trump to the presidency. Understand, America has had its day of visitation. We have been used by God. We were used by God to defend the world against communism. We were used by God. Our wheat fields fed the earth for decades. The church has sent missionaries throughout the entire world. God has used us as the land of gospel light. We have been a defender of Israel. Well, all those days are gone. We are no longer the land of gospel light. We no longer defend Israel. We've becoming an enemy of Israel. Mr. Biden is over there as I speak. Lord knows what mischief he's stirring up right now, but it will lead to more judgment upon America if he's not careful. But these wicked men, they're in the church. These imposters, they're posing as Christians in the church, and they're in our pulpits, and they're in leadership positions, and they're leading people astray. Well, how do I know that? Because it says it right there. Wicked men and imposters will go from bad to worse. They're not going to get better. They're going to get worse. Times aren't going to get better. They're going to get worse. In the last days, men will become lovers of themselves. Perilous times, times of great risk. Mankind today is at great risk, not just in America, throughout the entire world. Why? Because men are evil. Men are going from bad to worse. And yes, these men are even in your pulpits. And what the result is, they are deceived and they are being deceived further. And they are deceiving the people that listen to them. And unfortunately, they are leading many astray. They are a leading contributor to the apostasy, which in our, in the world today, in the earth today, apostasy falling away from accepted known truths. Everything in the church is being challenged. We talked about this last week, that the the hottest battle right now in spiritual warfare, the point of attack by the devil, it's against the Word of God. It's against the Bible. War has been declared against the Bible. It's it's in your face. It's in our churches. It's not just the, the government that's declared war on the Bible. Even preachers no longer teach the Bible. Uh, it's, it's under assault everywhere you go. The veracity of the Word of God. Well, there's errors in the Word of God. Well, Jesus did not live a sinless life. Well, it was not an immaculate conception. Well, about the resurrection, time after time, doctrine after doctrine is under assault. That's why we will stand firm. We will give you the truth. We don't have an opinion. We will give you the unadulterated Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And the closer we get to Christ's return, the worse these men are going to get. It's important to note that this warning, this caveat comes immediately after Paul's warning that all who live godly are going to be persecuted. These imposters, they will have something to do with that persecution problem that's in the church. Perhaps they'll be telling us that God doesn't want them to suffer. I've heard that. Preachers I used to follow. No, no, God doesn't want you to suffer. No, 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 no. You will, as a Christian, you will not have to suffer physically. What? Where did that come from? That would have been news to Paul and to Peter. You know, Peter died. How did Peter die? He was hung upside down. What? That's right. He denied Christ in the garden, and he was so ashamed that when it came time, they were going to make him a martyr. They were going to kill him. He says, that's fine. I just got one request. What's that, Peter? Hang me upside down. I am not worthy to die in the same manner as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. I love Peter. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Matter of fact, as a Catholic growing up, my confirmation name was Peter. And I'd like to say it's because I was a fisherman, but basically it was because I had a big mouth. (laughs) 
So anyway, these imposters, they're going to tell people that God doesn't judge his church. What? Yeah. And what I want to do for you today, I want to I want to uh, take you back to the garden and I want to show you where these doctrines are come from. Like I said, it's not only who's in your pulpit, it's what's in your pulpit. You've got to know what's going on. So Paul makes this observation. Persecution for godliness is far better than deception for wickedness. Basically, he's saying you're better off being persecuted because you're holy and pure than to be deceived by wickedness. Here, evil men, wicked men, the word used for evil is poneros, P-O-N-E-R-O-S, and it's an aggressive evil. It describes evil in active opposition to that which is good. It means not only evil in its nature, but viciously evil in its influence and actively harmful. These are people in your pulpit, folks. These are the imposters in your pulpit, folks. They are deadly. Poneros was used to describe Satan, the evil one, the god of this age, who's corrupting mankind and dragging mankind, fast-tracking to destruction. This denotes someone who is not content in being corrupt themselves. They seek to corrupt others and draw them into their same destruction. We used to say, misery loves company. Remember that? Well, that's pretty much the same thing. So I'm going to ask again, folks, and you got to be checking this out all the time against the Word of God. Who's in your pulpit? What's coming out of his mouth in the pulpit? What spirit is driving the teaching ministry in your church? And let me be clear about this. Don't misunderstand me. A pastor or a teacher who makes a mistake is not evil. He's not an imposter. I'm not saying that. However, I don't believe a person truly anointed by God to stand in that pulpit to speak, thus saith the Lord for God, should be making mistakes. Did you hear that? We all make mistakes. I get it. But when you're pounding home strange doctrines, you're denying the sovereignty of God, you're refusing God the ability to send judgments in the earth. The Bible says plainly that God's known by the judgments which he executes. Where do we struggle with that? He's trying to make himself known to a dying world. He's trying to win people by the judgments that he's sending. So there are some difficult issues that come that we could be divided on. For instance, the one saved, always saved. I could probably look at the Bible and in a cursory reading, in a cursory examination without going too deep, I could make a case for either side. You're either saved forever or you're not. But at the end of the day, when you take the scriptures and you study them and you look deeply at them and you put them all together, you come to the place again where, well, God put so many warnings out there And then you combine that with the fact that salvation, you know, yes, we are saved. Yes, we get born again. Yes, we get the Holy Spirit to live inside us. Yes, we become children of God by our relationship. But at no point, at no point is that forever settled. Understand this. Salvation is a gift. It's free. Amen. You cannot do anything to earn it. Please understand that. It's not salvation by works. That's one of the lies that the people in the once saved, always saved crowd have fallen for. They think, well, you're going back to works. No, you don't get to make salvation by uh, doing something. You receive salvation as a free gift of God, but you must keep it. That's on you. And that's all I'm saying, that the salvation issue, it's free, it's a gift, praise God, now it's on you to keep it. And that's the task before us as Christians. We have received the earnest of our salvation. We have received the down payment. What does that mean? That means there's more. There's a sanctification process where you go by and you prove that you are worthy of the salvation that God has blessed you with. Yes, it's a job. 
Hallelujah. And we need to be on our toes. And that's why we're losing 12% down. Where did those people come from? Where are those 12%? Where are they heading? Where are they going? What happened? Amen. So hallelujah. We have only been given the down payment of our salvation, the down payment. No, we can't earn our salvation. Works can't do that. It's God's free loving gift to man, but it's our responsibility to ensure that we keep it. Guard your heart. Hallelujah. With all diligence could out of it, the issues of life. And by the way, who gains the most by teaching Christians that they can't lose their salvation? It's not in God's interest to do that. No, it's Satan's, of course. He wants us to be lax regarding our salvation. But back to the evil men and the imposters. The Greek word for imposter is goes, G-O-E-S, and it means to wail or to howl. The word originally described one who tried to control the wind by wailing or howling, incantations, chants, It became used to describe jugglers, enchanters, sorcerers, wizards, and magicians. All of this is just just amazing. And these are people who are in our pulpits. Let me give you a biblical history concerning some of these sins. Genesis 3, 3 through 6. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. That's what Eve said about God. She said, don't touch it, don't eat it, you'll die. Satan comes along. You shall not surely die. And the serpent said unto the woman, hmm, For God knows that the day in which you eat, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and she did eat. And she gave some to her husband, and he did eat also. So we're in the garden. And here comes Satan, and he's getting Adam and Eve to disobey God. He is about to assume lordship over Adam and Eve through their obedience to him and their rejection of God's word. Let's focus on Eve. God told Eve, don't eat. She knew what the word from God was. The word was, don't eat. Satan said God lied. He told her, surely you're not going to die. Basically, Satan told Eve, God's not going to judge you. That's a lie. Okay, so she believed him, and she died. Not only she died, we died. But see what happens when we allow Satan to lie to us? So then, in the Garden of Eden, uh, Satan told Eve, God's not going to judge you for your sin. You're not going to die. And it's amazing that here we are 6,000 years later, and the same thing is being said. Oh, God's not going to judge the church. God would never punish his people. But it's the same lie being told. So here's my question. Is the person speaking that lie? Are they speaking, thus saith the Lord, or are they speaking a lie from Satan? If they are speaking a lie from Satan, do they belong in their pulpit? I mean, it's a great question. And it's something you will have to decide. I can't decide that for you. When we've had uh, outright things like that happen in our churches, we, we just left. You know, when we were told that God's not sovereign in the earth, that's pretty big. Who wants God not to be sovereign in the earth? God? I don't think so. Who wants God to be sovereign in the earth? Satan. Of course he does. Well, when your leader starts telling you stuff like that, you have to make a choice. You quit supporting them. You get your body out and you find a church where the Bible is taught, where the truth, where there's no confusion. You know, I respect the pulpit. I respect the men that God puts in the pulpit. They should be anointed for the truth. They should have a heart for the truth. But... They follow religion. They follow false teaching. They follow a prosperity gospel, and they start believing everything that comes down the pike concerning uh, happy, healthy, and wise. And we get in trouble, and we dilute the word of God, 
and we become imposters. We become evil to some extent. We even become false teachers and false prophets. And this is the mess that faces the church today. I can only tell you so many times, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. The Bible says you don't need anybody to teach you. Now, it doesn't say this, but I'm going to add it. They're only going to mess you up. You know, it's like me. If I'm the only one doing, I own a roofing company, right? Uh, Guy Roofing 713. No, I own a roofing company, right? If I'm the only one doing the work, okay, to work to Ron's standard is pretty much perfect because I'm the only one doing it. But if I start growing and I start hiring other people, to work to Ron's standard is going to start fading and falling and decreasing because I've got other people. They've got their opinions. They've got their mannerisms. They've got the weight of how quickly they work. They've got their way of doing things. And unless I'm an absolute tyrant, there's no way they're going to do everything exactly the way I want it to be done. So the standard for guy roofing is no longer Ron's standard. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. When man starts thinking, and that's what Satan did to Eve, he got her to challenge God's Word by thinking and following her lust and her carnality. And so now she was the first one to apply man's wisdom to the Word of God, where the Word of God is judged according to man's understanding. Yikes, out of time. We love you. We pray for you. We thank you for this honor. Come back next week. We're going to talk more about this then. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.